the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the show. It's your host, Matt Browning. I'm so excited about today. Today, I've been, this is a long time coming. This one's a long, long time coming. I have been waiting to have um, someone who's become a very dear friend over the last year with me, as well as a coach, as well as a mentor, uh, just an amazing human being. Uh, my friend Clint Arthur is on with us today for Friday Interview Fridays. Now, Clint Arthur is an amazing person because he has created a celebrity entrepreneurship system. He is a celebrity entrepreneur, a personal branding expert. He's been educated at the Wharton Business School, mentored by Dan Kennedy. We've talked about Dan Kennedy quite a bit. He was actually anointed by Dan Kennedy as the GKIC Info Marketer of the Year, which is a huge deal. It's one of the largest marketing conferences in the world. He has 17 years experience running his own gourmet food company. So we're going to talk about the Butter King and what that's like. Clint is the number one best-selling author of Breakthrough Your Upper Limits on TV, which is how I found him. We'll talk a lot about TV. But more so, we're going to talk about celebrity entrepreneurship, how to build yourself into something even more so your ideal people find you. He also has a best-selling book called What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School. And his latest book, The Speaking Game, Seven Figure Speaker Secrets Revealed. He is a master at speaking to sell. He's a master at marketing. And he's a master at celebrity entrepreneurship. Without any further ado, welcome to the show, Clint Arthur. How are you, buddy? God bless America. You can do anything you want, anything you want to be here. I'm telling you, man, the life that I have created, if you think back to December 31st, 1999, what were you doing? Were you getting Y2K cash out of an ATM? I was driving yellow cab number 6087 that night. It was my sixth year of being a taxi driver. I was the Wharton taxi driver for six years, and here I am today, living the life that I couldn't have even dreamed of back then, making the money that I always believed was possible and that I thought I might have deserved, but now it's all real, and I'm traveling the world, and I'm just married to the woman of my dreams and I got the best dog in the world <laughs> and it all comes out of celebrity entrepreneurship and I'm really thrilled to be here with you on this show today. Hey, thanks for coming on and I want to kind of jump right into some of your origin story, Clint. You know, you mentioned it already. You said you were uh, a pretty overqualified taxi driver. You drove yellow cab for six years. Um, take me back to, so you went to Wharton Business School. What were you thinking about when you went to Wharton? What were you, why did you go? What were you wanting out of it? And ultimately, what happened? When I was a little kid, I read about a character in a book who went to something called the Wharton Business School. He was a fabulously successful international businessman. And I looked up the Wharton Business School in the encyclopedia. That was like Google, but in books at the time. And it was a real thing. And right on the, on the spot, when I was 14 years old, I decided I'm going to go to the Wharton Business School because if I could become somebody special by graduating from the best business school in the world, maybe my parents will stop arguing so much. Oh, you wow. know, with us, it was like, when weren't my parents arguing? Never. And so naturally, I graduate from Wharton with a 4.0 GPA in my entrepreneurship major, and I go home to get the out of boys. And what happens? They get into the biggest fight of all time. And my dad storms out of the house, slams. The door, I turn to my mom and say, 
you know, mom, the way he resents you all these years, have you been cheating on dad? And I'm sitting there on the couch in the living room where I grew up my whole life thinking to myself, what kind of an obnoxious son of a bee have you become asking your mother a rude question like that? Yeah. It had never even really entered my mind before. And then I was thinking, why isn't she answering the question? And then she says, he's not your real father. Your real father was a doctor at the fertility clinic we went to for six years trying to have you. And you look just like that guy. Now imagine how you would feel. Everything you thought you knew about who you were, poof. And I sure as heck didn't know what I wanted to be anymore. See, everybody going to Wharton, everybody going to Wharton in those days, in the late 80s, we were all going to become investment bankers. So what happens to me? I call up the investment bank that offered me the job on the 87th floor of number one World Trade Center. I said, guys, thanks, but no thanks. I don't know who I am, and I sure don't know what I want to do. And so naturally, I moved out to Hollywood and started going on auditions, writing screenplays, trying to become like Spike Lee, an independent filmmaker, producer, actor, movie star. And that's what put me behind the wheel of the cab. And that's what sent me in the direction that I've been going on today. And it's, it's really interesting. That's where I met the celebrity entrepreneur. Now, the guy who I believe was the greatest celebrity entrepreneur of all time, his name was Arnold Copelson. Have you ever heard that name? No, I never heard Arnold Copelson. You never heard that name? Never. All right. I, I, I promise you, if I lined him up in, in a police lineup, you couldn't pick him out of a lineup either. And I'm telling you, he was the greatest celebrity entrepreneur of all time. Why do I say that? Well, he created products and worked with the leaders of his industry for all throughout the 90s and the 2000s. And his movies that he produced brought in box office receipts of over $3 billion. And the movies he produced included Platoon, which he won the Academy Award for Best Picture. That, that's what turned him into a celebrity entrepreneur, Platoon. And I'll talk about what Platoon did for him and how it has helped me to really identify what can a person, a regular person do to become a celebrity entrepreneur so that you can appear like somebody special in the eyes of your customers and prospects? Because what Arnold Copelson did was when he became a celebrity entrepreneur, all of a sudden, the kings of Hollywood believed that he was super special. What do I mean by that? Well, he went on to produce movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who starred in his movie Eraser, with Michael Douglas, who started his movie Falling Down, with Harrison Ford, who starred in his movie The Fugitive, with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, who starred in his movie Seven. And he just got and on and with on Wesley and on Snipes. I mean, he produced 29 movies and box office of $3 billion because there were about 100 people who thought that he was a celebrity entrepreneur. They thought that he was somebody super special in their eyes. 100 people. Who were those people? They were Arnold Schwarzenegger, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Michael Douglas, and their representatives. I'd say there were probably altogether 75 of them that were important to Arnold Copelson, 75 movie stars and their representatives. And then there was maybe 15 studio executives at the biggest studios around the country, including Sherry Lansing, who was the most powerful woman of, her, of Hollywood history, really, 
running the studios and the other studio bosses. Altogether, under 100 people really knew who Arnold Copelson was, but those 100 people, they thought he was God. They gave him offices on the lot at Paramount Pictures, at Warner Brothers, at Fox. You know, those people thought that he was the king of Hollywood, and that's what enabled him to do what he did. And there were certain elements that positioned him as that. So and let that's me what ask you something on about. this then. Okay, so when you look at Arnold and what he accomplished, not Schwarzenegger, the other one, he's relatively what Yes, known Yeah, when people start to get an idea of who he is, do you think his quality – did he have to come out of the gate with quality pictures, quality directing, and match it up as the celebrity so people saw him as that, and when the two came together, it was a perfect storm? Or if his quality – do you think there's people that have way better quality but aren't, aren't as well-known or didn't get the right connections? It's, it's very interesting because the first hit movie that he produced was a movie called Porky's. If you haven't seen it, it's really <laughs> worth it. It's a teen it's like a sex comedy, movie, right? and it was – it, it was the number five box office hit of 1982. It earned more money than every other movie except four movies in 1982. And he, he was the executive producer of that movie. And out of that, he became partners in a bank with Johnny Carson. And you would think if you were partners in a bank in Hollywood with Johnny Carson, who was the king of television, reigning strong at that time, that would be a huge that's success, it. right? Well, that's it. I'm done now. Now I've made well, it. That's what I think. He was president of that bank, and then the bank went belly up, and he was stuck on the hook for millions of dollars. And I know that because that's when I met his son. In 1984, his son and I became fraternity brothers and roommates, and that's how I got into this world. And he was millions of dollars in debt at that time. And that's when I met him, and that's when I first saw the screening of Platoon, and that's when things started to happen for him. But Platoon created what it did for him now i don't know you know not everybody has seen platoon only really like in today's day and age only like war buffs have have seen platoon people who like army movies i love army movies but platoon was the thing that catapulted him into the life that he had into his true destiny and what happened with him in platoon well first he won the academy award so i've identified winning awards as an essential element for celebrity entrepreneurs. But I, I know you're thinking to yourself, but Clint, I can't win an Academy Award. No, oh. you don't have to unless you want to be the king of Hollywood. Yeah, well, hang What on you need to do is win awards well, like Inc. 500, Inc. 5000. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I, I do, yeah. So, so a lot there's, of what we talk about with our students is very much along those same lines where there's people who have done great things and you're about to do great things that aren't necessarily great. You know. My, so when I looked at the Inc. 500, I always thought, oh my gosh, like the Inc. 500, the Inc. 5000. But what you find out is it's a very simple strategy. You have to make at least $2 million a year to qualify. But as long as you have a business in that phase, you can systematically, strategically set yourself up. And then all of a sudden you say that I have this amazing award. Now it is a big deal. You've done a lot of great stuff, but you can build that for yourself. Now, when you, I just want to back up for a second because something that you said was really interesting to me. When you left Wharton and you were ready to go to Wall Street, you're ready to go to the World Trade Centers, but you decided not to when you found out about your father, which is, I mean, just an incredible moment for goodness sakes. And I just wanted to take a second on that. What was it about that that caused you to shift? Did you just say, hey, I don't want to do investing because I don't know who I am and I want to go figure me out. I want to go take some time. And then you fell into this when you met your fraternity brother and so forth 
or did you say, I'm going to go make something different of myself? What was that, that shift? Because I do feel like a lot of people listening are going to, we find ourselves in a shift. We find ourselves in the moment where I thought I knew what I was doing, but I was dead wrong. My ladder was against the wrong wall and I want to shift and make myself into something new, something different. So I just want to speak to us, if you could speak a second into kind of the new creation side of it, the reinventing you part of it. And was there anything that went through your mind? How did you fall into that? It was not a conscious transformation for me. Ah. So much so that when I, when I found that out, I immediately became dyslexic. What? And dys- dyslexia is something that I struggle with to this day. And I, and I met when I was at the Cannes Film Festival a few years later, and I was talking to a psychologist about what happened. The person said, oh, yes, you're dyslexic from that. I, I can definitely understand how that would become a ramification of that type of shocking realization. Like the order of your inner so, world gets flipped upside down. So now the way you take in the rest of information in the world is flipped upside down or backwards. Yeah. So if you would ask me, what are you doing? I I thought, I thought I was just, you know, making sane, logical decisions. I look back on my life. I mean, just recently I've really thought about it. It's like, here I was graduate of Wharton business school, driving a taxi for six years. Uh, A lot of people would say that's kind of nuts. And you know, I would be one of those people today that would say that's kind of nuts. But at the time it just seemed like a very logical process that I was involved in just pursuing the Hollywood dream. And I was going to conquer Hollywood on my own, but I didn't understand that Hollywood is the biggest game in the world where more than anywhere else in the world, who you are is more important than what you actually do in Hollywood, who you are. See, you could be the greatest actor in the world, but if your name is not Tom Cruise or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Michael Douglas or Keanu Reeves, you're going to have a really uphill battle breaking through to making millions of dollars a year as a, as a movie star in Hollywood, unless your name is one of those names, who think, you are. And I think everyone probably gets an idea too at this point. Like again, talking about the quality of it is, should you focus on quality and mastering your craft? Of course you should. If you want to be acting, you should focus on acting. If you want to be uh, a speaker, you should focus and train in speaking. You can't be terrible, right? You have to have good quality, but quality itself will not get you on a list. You can write the best book in the world, but you're not going to get a new quality is Unless you sell. as I wrote in the in as I wrote in my book, what they teach you at the Wharton Business School, quality is an assumed aspect of doing business. Everybody has to have high quality. You must mm-hmm. have high quality in your product or service, or else you don't belong in business. If if you can't offer high quality in your product or service, why are you doing it? If you don't care enough to offer high quality, don't bother anybody including yourself with wasting your time doing something if you can't do it and do a great job but that's assumed for everybody across the board now like i said there's like a million actors in hollywood who are amazing actors but they're not tom cruise or keanu reeves they're not somebody special they're nobody and in hollywood being nobody is the ultimate sin and i didn't understand that but i'm here to tell you that everywhere being nobody is the ultimate sin. Anywhere that you're an entrepreneur, if you're nobody, you are committing the ultimate sin against your own people that you're trying to help. You're trying to help people. If you really want to help them, they need to think that you're somebody special or else even if you have the prescription that can cure cancer, they're not going to take the cure because they think you're nobody. 
Well, let's even use that metaphor in real and life. And that's what this is really all about. Yeah. Let's talk about the, even on the medical side. You know, if, you, if you're one of the greatest athletes in the world, which and, and you bust out your knee in football, what doctor are you going to go to? It's not necessarily the best surgeon. It's going to be the surgeon who worked on so-and-so, worked on such-and-such, such, who has this record, right? Who has this – it's not even the record. It's the prestige of they're the team doctor. They're the ones who have worked on these different celebrities. And we, we're in this world where – this is kind of controversial, and I'm, I'm glad we get a chance to talk about it, Clint, is we're in this world where sometimes – the wanting to build prestige for yourself does feel selfish and fake because the reality is, oh, I, I just want to give good quality. If I have the right elevator speech and I really can help people as a coach or a speaker or an entrepreneur, that should stand alone. But the stark contrast is in the reality is it doesn't stand alone. It's not enough by itself. It's only the, the foundation. You have to have a quality foundation. But then again, talk to me about what did what association means in celebrity entrepreneurship and what associated with the right people what, what does it do in people's brains how does it really work because okay. i don't like it a lot of people okay. don't like it but i know it works so i do it <laughs> dan kennedy you mentioned is being one of my big mentors i've studied with everybody i've i've paid money to every executive coach leadership coach speaker coach. I've studied with them all. But Dan Kennedy is the perfect example of this because this is a primary philosophy of his. And there's two areas here. He goes, look, my wife broke her wrist. I knew I needed an operation on her wrist. So I wasn't looking for an operation. I was looking for who was going to be the guy to do the operation. Right. And that's what we're talking about. How do you become the person that others look to as the person the only possible choice that makes the rest seem not as good a choice or impossible as a choice. How you become that person? Well, Dan Kennedy, he does it in, in a variety of ways. One of the ways that he uses is what you would call association, celebrity, attachment. And there's many ways to do that. I bundle that all in with a positioning statement. Now, Dan Kennedy's positioning statement influenced mine and before i tell you his i'll tell you mine because see everything that i'm talking about today is stuff that i have spoken about previously for events sponsored by the entrepreneurship club of harvard business school and when i did those events i had suzanne summers standing with me right next to me on the stage i had the most interesting man in the world from the dosaki's beer commercials <laughs> a fine actor named jonathan goldsmith he was there okay and i've also shared this message at West Point Military Academy with the leaders of our nation's future. And at that event, Buzz Aldrin, second man to walk on the moon, Apollo 11 space capsule commander was there with me on stage. And I'm telling you the message that I shared with those audiences is the same message I shared at USC when my daughter was a junior in the film school there. And I spoke to the entrepreneurship department about this concept of celebrity entrepreneurship and creating celebrity. And what I told my daughter that day is the exact message that I would tell my 20-year-old self if I could only go back. If I could only go back, this is what I would tell myself to avoid becoming a taxi driver for six years and wasting 13 years of my life pursuing the Hollywood dream that I could never attain because I did not understand the number one most important lesson in business, which is who you are is more important than what you actually do. That's the most important thing. 
And you can write and that. And especially when you're dealing with affluent clients. You can write that on a whole page. Now, I want to give credit right now because I've been <laughs> using that, buddy. I've been using that, Clint. And, and Clint Arthur is the man who taught me. I've been taking notes for a long time. But when you get an idea and you write it on a whole page, if you've heard me say that, this is why. Clint said, if you can break it down to a bumper sticker, write it on a page, you'll remember it forever. So re tell me that one one more time. Who you are is more important than what is you more do. important than what you actually do. And unfortunately, or fortunately, that's the way the world works. That's the way our brains work. That's the way the I, I call it like the reptilian brain in people. They know that if you're somebody, they're more likely to get food and shelter and resources, and they're more likely to survive. There's that deep part of our brain that says, I need to be around this person. I need to go to them for my problem. Yep. I need to go to them for a service. And today we're really talking about this next half of the show. How do you get yourself there? How do you become the person that everyone needs to know and the person that everyone thinks is somebody enough that they're going to go to for business? So can you break down just a few maybe strategies for me? What are some, you talked about celebrity attachment. Um, what are some ideas? What are some things that we can start to get aligned with? How do we start that process? My favorite example of celebrity attachment was when I was speaking at an event with Dan Kennedy a couple of years ago in Dallas, Texas, and he was getting his boots shined by the shoe shine guy. And on the little table next to the shoe shine stand was a picture of the shoe shine guy shining George Bush, the, the first, G, George H.W. Walker Bush, his shoes. That's celebrity attachment. Okay. Wow. Now, <laughs> that's why that guy that's why that guy gets $20 tips all the time because he shines the, the boots of the presidents see and that's celebrity attachment now is he the best shoe shiner in the world who knows <laughs> what's it matter <laughs> how can you even determine that who cares you know but this guy makes probably 100 grand a year shining shoes when the rest of the boot blacks are making 20 and that's a great example of celebrity attachment. Now, George, uh, George Bush is a good name because Dan Kennedy says, when I was in the arena speaking with the Peter Lowe Success Seminars with Colin Powell and General Schwarzkopf and George Bush and Donald Trump, that's what I call a million-dollar positioning statement. And that's his version of the million-dollar positioning statement. That's what big-money speakers use to position themselves as being worth a lot of money in the eyes of the customers and prospects. And what I use is my little spiel that I gave earlier about the Entrepreneurship Club of Harvard Business School and speaking at West Point and Suzanne Summers and Buzz Aldrin and many celebrities that I've spoken with and met. You know, like when I met Mick Jagger, I said, Sir Mick, what's the most important thing you ever learned? He said, you can't always get what you want, but if you try some time, you can get what you need. See, and that's a celebrity <laughs> attachment piece right there. <laughs> and celebrity attachment is my favorite. It's my favorite way to, to raise your status in the eyes of customers and prospects. And you think, oh, well, that's just playing on celebrity. Well, you know what? It works. So that's really what matters. Another great way to raise your status in the eyes of customers and prospects is to go on TV, and that's how you and I met. Definitely. And I was lucky enough to have you come and enroll in my Celebrity Launchpad TV and personal transformation experience, where I train you on how do you book yourself on TV, how do you pitch like a professional, how do you come up with segments that are gonna be appropriate and work well on TV, 
and then have you meet my friends who are TV producers around the country and pitch them, basically audition to be on their shows. And then you book yourself on, your, on their shows and you go on their shows. And that's why you've been doing, been doing the TV that you're doing. So that's a really great way to generate some very high status marketing assets, which are in the form of TV interviews and appearances. That's another great way. I want to tell you a quick story. A third way. Wait, hey, just real quick before we go to mm-hmm. number three, I want to tell you a quick story that, that edifies exactly what you said is uh, at my last live seminar I gave, I made some new slides and on the slides, I decided to put extra selfies in. So we'll talk about that celebrity selfies. I said, here's me with these different people. And I made a whole new slide full of screenshots of TV. I made another one full of uh, screenshots of the, t- of the podcast and the radio show being top ranked and the radio stations I've been on. So I hit TV, I hit radio, I hit podcasting, I hit speakers, live workshops. I put it all together and we sold more product and service at that seminar, I think that we've done in the previous 12 months. And the number one reason is I said, this is who I am. This is how I'm seen. My coach, Clint Arthur, taught me how to do this and I'm doing it. And when people see you in that position, then it's like you, you lower their critical faculty, you lower the, the, the objection center of someone's brain where they're like, okay, I want to listen to you. And then when I gave them good quality content, they absorbed it and took it on. And then it was that, that perfect uh, storm of credibility because I know who you are and quality because I know what you can do. So I just wanted to say that was so great. And you pushed me to do that. And I'm glad I did because it really, really worked out. So we said a couple of ways is, of course, to get in front of people. Respond, and then number three. I'd love to hear that third way for celebrity attachment. Okay. The third way is to be what I call a VIP speaker, and that is to speak in important places. Now, when you look at Arnold Copelson's Wikipedia biography, it mentions the fact that he spoke at Harvard Business School. He, it says he left lectured at Harvard Business School, at UCLA Film School, at USC Film School, at the American Film Institute, and then, interestingly enough, at his alma mater, New York Law School. So uh, of those five places that he spoke that were all prestigious places, two of them had nothing to do with film industry. One was Harvard Business School, one was the law school. Now, he may have talked about film. I'm sure he did. I'm not sure. I don't know anything. All I know is that he spoke at those places and that was part of his bio of who he was. Another very important place that he gave a speech was on, on television at the Academy Awards. See, he, he, he accomplished so much when he won that Academy Award because he got the award, he was on television, and he gave a prestige speech. And then in addition to that, if you Google his name, Arnold Copelson, platoon academy award you'll see him there in photos with dustin hoffman holding the award together because dustin hoffman handed him the award and you'll see him with all kinds of movie stars because he understood this celebrity attachment game which is really a a game they everybody plays it this has been going on in hollywood since the beginning of hollywood it's been going on since before hollywood it's been going on since biblical times. If you look for pictures of Adam and Eve, they're always in the photos with the snake because the snake's a celebrity of the Bible and who else are Adam and Eve gonna hang out with? They gotta hang out with celebrities. Everybody knows that celebrities hang out with other celebrities and that's part of this game. Oh, so no. there, there's four. I love it. No, I'll, I'll there's four. Four different ways to create Four different. Attack. So I want you to go back and listen to this mm-hmm. a second time if you're listening to this right now. Obviously, you, w- you would be. As we're coming to the twilight right now, Clint, uh, I want to mention to everyone, you can go find out more about 
Um, everything Clint's doing at clintarthur.tv. You can also find out about his, uh, get all of his books coming out. Uh, the new book, the, so your, your new book, if you haven't talked about it yet, The Celebrity Entrepreneurship. So his new book will be there. Speaking Game is there. Uh, what he learned in the Wharton Business School is there. Every part of his great books are at clintarthur.tv. You can follow Clint Arthur on social media. Clint, I know uh, the time went fast, but I got time for one kind of final bit. And I love to ask this. Uh, if you could change anything in your past, anything at all, what would you change? Or would you leave it all the same? That's really interesting because I, I was so low. And for so long, I was so low while all of my friends were so high making millions on Wall Street. But I don't know that I would change anything because I think I figured it all out right now. And it's all working out really great. And I'm helping a lot of people. And I don't know that I could have gotten here on any other course. If there's anything I could change, it would be that I would have had an iPhone with a camera in it decades earlier so I could have had more celebrity selfies <laughs> along the way. That's the only thing I would change. Can I tell you, the, the first person on this show who has said the one thing they would change is more celebrity selfies earlier in life. But I love it. <laughs> yeah, we have about, uh, about 45 seconds. Do you have any final, uh, final thoughts, ideas, uh, advice, counsel for someone listening to this? If, it's, if you don't think it's time to create celebrity entrepreneurship for yourself, you are sorely mistaken. Clint, any final advice for someone who knows they need that? Hey, the new book, Celebrity Entrepreneurship, will be coming out in the beginning of 2019. You just got a taste of it here. And it's a new book because I believe that having best-selling books is an essential element of celebrity entrepreneurship, too. I've covered the whole thing very quickly in this little amount of time. And if you don't think that you need to do it as an entrepreneur or even as an executive, then you're just kidding yourself because... Really, the marketing of what you do is 100 times more important than what you actually do. And who you are is way more important than what you actually do or sell, especially in today's economy with high net worth, high affluent buyers. You've got to be somebody special in their eyes. It helps them to feel confident about the decision to pay you a lot of money. And unless you do that, you cannot get them to take full action. They can't be excited about your prescription unless they feel like you're somebody super special. So you're doing them and yourself a huge disservice. And Matt, thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity to share this message with your audience. Clint Arthur, th thank you so much. Again, clintarthur.tv. You can find him on social media at Clint Arthur. Guys, thanks for listening in. I hope this was a great uh, Friday interview for you. Uh, this is something, again, this is what I'm focusing on, what I'm following this entire year of my life. This is the guy responsible for the TV I've been doing. And uh, subjectively also, he's the one responsible for pushing me to do more radio, to do more podcasting, to do more celebrity speaking. I am changing the trajectory of my business and it's due in large, large part to my coach, Clint Arthur. I also pay him a ton of money, more than most any coach I've done so far, and it's worth every penny. You are amazing. And thanks for coming on the show again. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review if you haven't already. Love to have you uh, showing up more. We're still kicking it in the charts. Yesterday, I searched entrepreneur in iTunes. Because of you, guess where we showed up? Right next to Damon John from Shark Tank. How neat is that? 
talk about celebrity attachment. I'll put up a photo on social media. Check it out at Matt Browning, and you'll see me and Damon John hanging out on iTunes together. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome weekend. As usual, get out there and crush it. Do something great. I'll see you on Tuesday.